Good afternoon and welcome. I'm Debbie Evans from UK Column. And as you'll know, we've been talking about the unvaccinated documentary over the last couple of weeks. This was the documentary that the BBC put out. And very, very fortunately for us, we've spoken to Professor Fenton with his thoughts. And that interview can be found on the front page of UK Column. So please do go and look at that. But I'm very, very happy. In fact, I'm delighted today to be able to welcome Luca Barbarossa. And Luca hasn't spoken to anybody as yet. So we're really, really feeling very privileged that he's waited till now to speak to UK Column. But Luca was a participant in the unvaccinated documentary and has got a lot to say about what happened. So I'd like to welcome you, Luca. Um, welcome you to UK Column and just ask you to give you a little bit of an introduction and, and how you got into, into this, how you got involved with the BBC documentary. Uh, so my name's Luca, I'm, I'm from Tunbridge Wells. Um, how do I get involved? I got involved via Facebook, um, a Facebook ad came up and I thought, oh, that's a bit of me because I'm very, very much into about COVID and the vaccine and, you know, the damages, what it's done to people. So I thought it'd be a really good way for me to um, express my views and get my point across. And Luca, what was what was your main reason? Were you saw an advert? What was the procedure? First of all, let's go through the procedure. Did you see an advert for the documentary anywhere? So I saw an advert um, on Facebook. Uh, my friend actually tagged me in it and he was like, oh, Luca, you'll be really, really good for that, uh, you know, all that casting um, because obviously it suits, you know, you've got... You talk so much about the COVID vaccine and, you know, the history about it and, you know, what it's done to people. And he said, you'll be really good with the show. So I applied. They got back to me within, like, I think it was like two to three weeks. We had to do like a casting tape uh, about the show. It was and very interesting, though. Luca, can I just jump in? Was this documentary scheduled for last year? Um, I applied back in February of this year. Um, but it was held back because of um, COVID. We filmed it in like, I think it was April, March. We didn't film till May, um, but it was held back a bit. So when you first applied for it, did you then have, what did you have to do next? You kind of, you submitted your application. How long was it before you heard back from anybody? And what did they ask you to do? I can't remember the how long it was to hear back. Um, I think it was like a couple of weeks. And the next process was the casting tape, uh, which I just spoke about a minute ago, um, just explaining why you want to be on the show and um, just sort of selling yourself to the producers to get you onto the show. So your, your pure intention, because on the show, it actually mentioned that you were talking about, you know, wanting to know about a microchip in the vaccine but actually that wasn't the the real reason that you went on the show was it was it was something to do with your family yeah, the real reason which i went on was um basically talk about my granddad they got killed from the vaccine in italy and my um grandparents being really really badly affected um from this vaccine and other family members have as well the, the real reason I went on the show was not to talk about 5G. They completely misleaded everybody and tried to spin it onto me to make me look like a nutcase. Um, that was the real reason why I went on the show. And I know that since, I mean, we've spoken, obviously, before we've done today's interview, and I know that you've had quite a bit 
of um, grief on Twitter um, with people saying that you're an actor. And I know you wanted to put the record absolutely straight because a lot of people have said to you, oh, you're a crisis actor. The BBC picked you to do it. So please tell us um, from your point of view, what, what, what did it feel like and what did you reply to people? Since the show went 20th, I've just quite a lot of abuse saying that I've been paid from the BBC as a crisis actor, which is absolutely wrong. I was not paid um, by the BBC for being a crisis actor. I went on unvaccinated to try and get my point across about the dangers of the vaccine. And people have just jumped to massive conclusions, giving me abuse, saying that I'm a crisis actor, which I'm actor. Well, I think that's completely put the record straight. And I know that a lot of people have been asking you. So it's really good that you've been able to have that opportunity to say that because, you know, people have been pointing the finger. Also, when you went, when, when you were accepted for the documentary and you were told that, you know, you, you were going to participate, were you told about the actual aim of the documentary? What was going to be in it and what you were going to be asked to do? No, unfortunately, within TV sort of productions and companies, they don't tell you what's actually gonna, what you're actually going to be filming. You just find out when you get to filming. Um, but I was quite shocked on the last day that the producer said to us, oh, just to let you guys know, um, we're going to ask you at the end of the day, are you going to be vaccinated? And I'm thinking, well, I nearly had a heart attack. So I thought, I don't want to get vaccinated. She never stated that through filming. The, the, the plan was to go to a vaccination centre and get vaccinated. So the first time you heard about that was the last day of your filming. And did, and did anybody else, any of the other part, because there were six, seven of you in total. Did anybody else, were they aware that you were going to be taken off to a vaccination centre at the end of the documentary? Out of no one out of the six of us um, knew that we were going to go to a vaccination centre on the last day and ask if we, if we could have the vaccine. We were all sort of like, wow, this is crazy. Wow, I can I can only imagine. I personally could feel the panic arising if somebody was going to do that to me without having given me any notice. How many days did you actually film for in total, Luca? Uh, I think we went for about four days, um, and then obviously we had to go to London for the last day of filming with um, Dr. Alex from Love Island, but that wasn't even featured in the film. Um, which I think is weird why it wasn't. Well, that that brings us on to another very good point, doesn't it? And that is what was edited out of the film. And I mean, you know, uh, some of the other participants have spoken have spoken out before, um, and some of them are saying that there was uh, games going on with tins of dog food. Is that correct? Because we weren't shown anything about that. Um, within the documentary, which you can see um, with Hannah and the rest of the team, uh, they had tins of dog food on the table, which um, indicated sort of, you know, um, the side effects. And it's just all crazy. Like all the games they played, like the jelly bean game. It's just, I think it's disgusting that they, the BBC turned around and said all the people that have died are jelly beans. I think that's really disrespectful. Shame on the BBC, really, for um, saying, you know, how many people are going to get myocarditis. I think it's absolutely disgusting. It was very interesting to listen to Professor Fenton 
when he was talking about the jelly bean roulette that Professor Hannah Fry had played. And he was discussing that this was completely inappropriate and too simplistic. You know, when you're talking about complex mathematics and risk modeling, to use jelly beans and tins of dog food with chocolate in for nocebos and placebos is completely inappropriate. Were you all, did you all refuse um, to participate in those games or did any of you participate? Um, within the dog food games, I think Mark was the only one who actually did, like actually tried it out because everybody was just absolutely disgusted. Like I, I couldn't even know stun. And when she brought us into that room where there's all those jelly beans, jelly beans, I was thinking, this is crazy. And I could see Vicky was getting more, more and more frustrated, like really, really frustrated. And um, and then obviously she walked out, which she did the best thing. I just could not say anything. I did not want to participate. And Hannah could tell that I was getting quite annoyed. But I just sat there and just um, sucked it in, if that makes sense, just went along with it. Well, that's very interesting you say that. And I think for people that haven't seen the documentary, we must tell them that there were a couple of the participants, um, Nazanin and Vicky, who were a little bit more outspoken than the rest of the group. Did you feel that that put you at a disadvantage in that you weren't really able to, to get your opinion across? Yeah, and um, Vicky and Naz, they were, they, were, they were very and they went in there for strong opinions and they wanted to get their voice across. But unfortunately, it did sort of block out other people's opinions. And that's why um, that wasn't shown on the show about, you know, what everybody that went into that house opinion and they wanted to get their point across. But unfortunately, the BBC edited out and people couldn't see it, could not see that real person. That's why Vicky and Naz um, are getting all of this sort of um, attention because no one else sort of got to have their view, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but I certainly did in the fact that when, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great shame that Mark, who did participate in, in the experiment, was edited out. I can't really see the point of him participating in it for him to be edited out. But what they did show was, was a little bit of disagreements between the group and, and how there was a bit of division um, with you know, Nazanin and, and Vicky um, being a little bit more outspoken. And it was almost as though, I mean, this was as a viewer watching it, but it was almost as though the BBC were enjoying the drama and that they were allowing you mm. to, to have these words. Did you feel that at the time? Oh, God, yeah. When I was in the house, it was like the big brother house because there were so many rows, there were so many arguments in the discussion which, you know, at the end of the day, they all went on there to get their point across. And, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting four days um, that I've ever done, if that makes sense, within the TV industry. Yeah, it certainly does. And, and the thing was that struck me was that you were all really well informed. I mean, all of you had done huge amounts of research and you were asking very, very valid questions and I was quite concerned that most of your questions didn't appear to get answered, but were answered by experts on their side who appeared to be giving completely incorrect data. How did this feel for you at the time of filming? 
just frustrating. We felt like we couldn't get our point across. We felt like they were just going for a schedule. Well, we all know TV, they all work through scripts and schedules and they've got like tight deadlines that they need to meet um, and they need to obviously show that. But remember, we only filmed for four to five days and the programme was only an hour and, was it hour and 10 minutes? Yeah, but um, you, so were filming, could... you were filming, what mm. was it, seven, eight, nine hours a day though? Yeah, long days, really, really, really long days. Um, and lots of different uh, doctors came into the house, scientists. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, no one changed their mind about having the vaccine. Very interesting, though, that you said that, was it Dr. Alex from Love Island featured in, in the programme and you spent time with him and yet nobody saw him? Why didn't we see him on the programme? Why was he edited out? I don't know. Maybe because there was there was not enough time to put show. Um, I think that's what they're that's what, what that's what they're saying. But I don't know. I haven't spoke to the directors or producers, um, or even asked anything about Dr. Alex. Um, I just think it's crazy that we spent half an hour with him and he didn't even get featured in the show. What was it like living? I mean, you've said that you referred to it as a big brother house. Uh, and, and I think you're absolutely right, because I think there was kind of like almost a, a diary room for you to go into of an yeah. evening to talk to people as well. What did it feel like to be in a big brother house? Were you restricted? <laughs> Were you controlled? Were you told what you could do and what you couldn't? Um, it was very interesting. Everybody sort of had like their point of view. Um, it was it was a weird experience, Debbie. Very very weird experience. And I think I'm going to remember the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, it was a bit. They were a bit controlling, saying, you know, you can't really go out much. And I, it was in the middle of nowhere as well. And that's why I think the TV company put it in the you know built made us all go to a sort of a place in the middle of nowhere so we didn't go out and get absolutely hammered or do you see what I mean? So we couldn't perform for them the next day. Um, so I was done and obviously they put us in that really lush, you know, really nice accommodation uh, which had a swimming pool. And... But even before this um, BBC documentary went out, um, The Guardian put a post up in February saying... BBC to take on new anti-vaxxers in reality TV show. Well, I pointed up, I pointed out to Rob and said, I'm not going on this um, TV show for reality. I'm going on this TV show to get my point across about all the deaths from the vaccine and all the people that have been injured from this vaccine. I am not going on a reality TV show. If I wanted to go on a reality TV show, I would have applied for Love Island. Exactly. And, you know, like I said, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep saying it, all the questions that you were asking were very valid. And yet the BBC were were producing scientists that were clearly, number one, not answering your questions. But number two, they were coming up with data that I'm not quite sure where it was sourced from. Um, we've actually invited Dr. Dr. Uh, Professor Hannah Fry to respond to the interview that we did with Professor Norman Fenton on the methods that she used and the storytelling methods that she uses um, within her broadcasting skills. Because I think at one point, was it they said that there were 3 million people unvaccinated in the UK? 
Yeah, even before the show went out, they lied and said there was um, 3 million people unvaccinated in the UK. And I'm thinking, well, that's completely wrong. So I actually emailed um, one of the producers and said, why are you lying? You know, even before the show came out, you're showing propaganda. Even before the show came out, you're lying. And it wasn't just about that, was it? It was it was the other statistics. Uh, apparently, I, I believe I heard that having the vaccine would... Um, put you at 15% less risk of having a miscarriage if you're pregnant and that have a pregnant woman having the vaccine would protect her baby for up to six months when they were born up to six months old and, mm -hmm. and I was very puzzled by the statistics and the data that the BBC were bringing out and Professor Hannah Fry was bringing out because clearly it doesn't match any of any of the data from anywhere pretty much. Mm. So did you challenge that with the BBC? Did all of you challenge it? I know that you've spoken to the producer since, and I think you asked him, didn't you, about the about the figures and about the statistics. What did he say to you? Yeah, the producer said that everything's right, none of the statistics are wrong, they're not lying. And I was like, well, you clearly are lying. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's just another kettle of fish. It's, it's the BBC, isn't it, really? And you know, I knew what I was getting myself in for, you know, when I signed up for the show. Well, you say that, Luca, but actually, did you? Because if they didn't tell you that they were going to take you to a vaccination centre mm. on the last day, then to be honest with you, if that had been me and I had applied for a show like that and they had told me that at the beginning, I might, I, I don't know. What would, what would your reaction have been, do you think, if somebody had said to you at the beginning look, we're going to take you to a vaccination centre at the end to see if you'd have the vaccination. Would you still have done the documentary? I don't know if I'd have done the documentary um, if, if they turn around and been honest, when, you know, when we were sort of doing the casting process. Maybe they didn't know. I don't know. Maybe they never knew that they were going to take us to a vaccination centre. Maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was frying in, if that makes sense. When they when they when they took us um, to the house, sort of like within the script, because you never know with TV companies they can change all the time. But that must have made you. Did that make you feel anxious though when they told you that they were going to actually take you to a vaccination centre? Did that produce any anxiety in you? Were you were you okay with that? Oh God, yeah. I my my. I nearly had a panic attack. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going into a hospital. I said to producers, I'm not going into a hospital. It's not for me. And um, I didn't go into it. I didn't step foot in any hospital because I'm not doing it. I'm not going to no vaccination centre or hostel. At the end of the day, we're here to talk about vaccine deaths, injuries, not to talk about us trying to get um, vaccinated. That was not the aim of the show. Did you have any psychological support? I mean, when, when you first applied for the show... And you spoke to you spoke to producers over Zoom, and you'd given your casting audition tape in and stuff. Did you did you get any help from a psychologist at the beginning of the show when you when you arrived at the house? Uh, yeah, before we were, even went in the house, I spoke to a psychiatrist called Howie. I think it was, he rang me at like six in the morning because he said that was the only time they could um, fill me in, and I'm thinking. I don't want to speak to um, anybody at six in the morning. You know, it's six in the morning, I've just got up. My my head's not going to be fresh. It's not going to be on the ball, is it? It's, you know, five, six in the morning to talk to you about um, 
why I want to go on the show and the, you know, the after effects that it, that it could have on, have on me. Wow. Six o'clock in the morning. I mean, how can anybody expect you to be able to process information, remember information, to be able to ask relevant questions at six o'clock in the morning? Did they give you a reason why it was such an unsocial hour? Um, they turned around and said that was the only slot they had available for that time and they needed to get um, all the unvaccinated participants sorted and done um, before it was filming. That's absolutely extraordinary. And since you've finished the show, have you had any any more input from the BBC? I mean, have they asked you? Because I, I know, Luca, that you, you, know, you had some really bad trolling going on on Twitter because they showed your Twitter, they talked about your Twitter account, didn't they? on air and I know that you were a bit upset about this because it was private so how did that come about how did that happen um it, obviously when you watch the documentary Hannah sort of said oh uh, about 5g or something like that on microchips and then I said to her well how, well, how did you get onto my account because it was private because it was private and then I um unlocked it but um I think they out of all of us they thought oh well, let's have Luca talking about miss you know misinformation online let's have um chanel talking about pregnancy do you see what i mean and then obviously you got vicky and naz talking about all the people that have died from the vaccine so they they knew when they did the casting um out of all of us what we could bring to the table does that make sense and how they could try and manipulate us and uh, misrepresent us from the way they um, put it on tv do you feel as though they kind of um deliberately put um, such differing personalities together in order to create a bit of division because maybe they wanted the drama or am I being unfair to the BBC there? No, you're not, Debbie. I could see in the house they wanted drama and I could see Hannah was loving it as well on her face. Like she was loving the drama and attention. You could tell she was sort of getting a bit of a kick out of it. Did you feel uncomfortable? I mean, how did you feel for four days being stuck in this place? Because, I mean, I know that you did manage to get out, but at one point you are, you wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, there was one point I actually wanted to go home. I think it was the Tuesday or Wednesday, and I thought, do you know what? Get me on that train. Get me on that train back to London, please, because I want to go home. This is not for me. I did not sign up for Jelly Bean Roulette. I did, I did definitely not sign up for this. You know, so really, the whole thing you felt misled, and and I'm, I should imagine afterwards. Well, I know because you've you've told me that you felt completely misrepresented, and that actually it's made you more suspicious of the whole agenda instead of reassuring you. So it's worked completely the opposite. Yeah, yeah. My time. I was about. I was about to say my time in the Big Brother house then. But um, yeah, my time in uh, on Unvaccinated was very interesting. Did I learn much information out of it? No, not one bit of information at all. Like when we went to meet Dr. Adam Finn, which is another thing that got censored. Why did they hide out the question, which I asked him, why are the triple jabbed people dying hostile with COVID and the unvaccinated are perfectly well? Why would that, why would have that got edited out the show? What was his response? I can't remember what his, his response now, but um, it was quite interesting. It obviously didn't answer your question. I believe, too, one of the um, directors, I think, Craig Hunter is his name. He's a BAFTA award-winning 
director, isn't he? Perhaps the BBC thought that maybe they'd be up for an award with this documentary. What do you think on that? Oh, God, yeah. Of course they wanted to win a BAFTA award. Yeah, absolutely. Were they pleased yeah. with it afterwards? Well, I mean, did it did it seem to satisfy them? Were they happy with it? Or did they feel as though you challenge, you'd all challenged them a little bit too much? Well, if you look at all the um, articles, like The Guardian or the mainstream media, that they have given the show like two out of ten. They've given it the worst ratings ever I've seen in my life. Yeah, I I mean, I think the BBC didn't realise how this was going to backfire on them because so many people have looked at it and thought this the statistics are completely wrong. And I think what's interesting, too, is that Professor Hannah Fry, who's uh, she's very good at self-promotion and she likes to retweet her books and all the documentaries that she's doing. And yet she hasn't said a word or tweeted a word out about this documentary. It's almost like it didn't happen. How did you find her on a one-to-one basis? Um, Hannah was, yeah, she. I thought she was quite friendly. She came across quite friendly. But at the end of the day, she's trying, She's there to do her job, isn't she, at the end of the day? You know, she works for the BBC. She's worked with lots of different directors flying all over the world you know promoting you know the BBC you know she breathes and smells in the BBC you know everything's the BBC for Hannah. Did you feel she was scripted? Um, Can I say it was scripted or not? Well yeah well obviously other people that have done TV shows know that TV companies are obviously scripted. So I mean that you know it's it's quite worrying, isn't it, when you're talking about a subject such as this, which is extremely serious, and then you know that the BBC were actually enjoying the drama and and were giving out the wrong data with, with no professional ethics at all. Mm. You know, this is such a serious subject. Luke, yeah, would, you, would you do it again? Uh, yeah, I would actually. Yeah, I would do it, but I'd like to get my voice... Uh, voice across um you know and tell people you know would I've gone on vaccinated um yeah I would do it again yeah absolutely but I felt like all the people that are in that house were not had their voice heard if that makes sense we our opinions did not come across in the show um which is a shame because we went on that show to get all our opinions um and voices across yeah and of course you only got one side of the experts you didn't get the other other experts with other opinions to balance that out. It was like the BBC wanted to bring in everybody that was following the government narrative in order to reassure you when other experts weren't brought in. It should have been, I think, a debate. Science is a debate, so it's always two ways, but you only mm. seem to have one side of the science. And I'm sure you were probably sitting there thinking a lot, why can't we have some other experts in that would would back us up and would make our voices count for more. Did they yeah. ever offer to bring in any other experts? No, no other experts um, were offered to come into the show. Another thing I think they should have done is um, they should have had people that have been had injuries from the vaccine on the show instead of people that haven't had the vaccine. I think that would have been a really interesting mix of people to yes, stand up I against agree. the BBC. I completely agree. And, you know, what I found really, 
really interesting, Luca, when you told me, and I'd really love you to tell everybody now, but the documentary was never actually intended to be called Unvaccinated, was it? No, it was first of all, it was meant to be called Why You why why are you not vaccinated yet and then they then they changed it uh, i think it was like three four days before the show to um unvaccinated wow i mean i personally as a as a viewer watching it and i know that all the participants you've all had a, a rough time since you've come out of, of the house mm. because people have accused you of all sorts of different things but personally, and I know that our audience will feel it as well, we are indebted to all of you because what you've actually done is you've exposed so much more, I believe, than the BBC even thought that they, I mean, that the BBC, if they'd have known how much they were going to expose through this documentary, I think they would have thought again. But because you were all so well informed and you were asking very, very measured, reasonable questions. I think it showed the BBC up in a very bad light, but it also showed the wider issue of a general mistrust, not just in vaccines, and when I say vaccines in inverted commas, because I yeah. don't believe this is a vaccine, um, but you, you've no. actually, it's not, is it? It's really not. I tend to call it a gene platform. Um, but what you've actually done is you've shown up huge mistrust in science, uh, scientists, mathematicians, nurses, doctors, academics. And that's very, very worrying because the, the whole issue is now coming to the fore where who do you trust? So I know that there are an awful lot of people, an awful lot of people out there that are hugely grateful to all of you for putting mm. yourself through that, because I can't imagine what it would have been like, honestly. I just can't. And I can completely understand you wanting to go home on the on the second day. Because um, I think at one point, didn't the BBC say you couldn't drink either? Yeah, they they bought us, um, I think it was one, uh, one evening, me and Ethan, and they said that we um, had alcohol-free wine. And I'm thinking, what? I'm not being told what I can't can't drink or what I can't eat. Do you know what I mean? I'm a 31-year-old bloke. You know, I can do what I want. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I felt like it was, they sort of tried to control us, if that makes sense. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go to the shop. And yeah. That, I mean, control, you know, that's that's a worrying, that's a worrying feeling to have when you're in, an, in a house that's fairly isolated mm. and you're surrounded by mm. strangers and you're being treated like a child in, in many ways, not just the jelly bean roulette, which was extremely offensive, I think. Oh, it was horrible, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. How they could ever, I don't know how they could ever um, come up with that sort of uh, plan to, you know, you say people that have died are jelly beans. It's disgusting. No, and we, we know from the MHRA data that they were expecting 100,000 serious adverse reactions. And in fact, what we've got now is 450,000 serious adverse reactions with, with over 2,000 people mm. dying and there's no investigation. So the fact that the BBC weren't prepared to answer your questions or to, to, to even find the answers with other experts to address your concerns was was shocking absolutely shocking 
Um, Luca, just to finish and to give you the last word, because I mm. think you really, really do deserve it. And, and our love and our thanks go out to you. But what would your message be for anybody watching that's maybe thinking about participating in a, a television documentary or going public with their views? And and what what's the next stage with the BBC? Have they finished with you now or do you have to go and see a psychologist? Just generally, what's your message for everybody and what's happening to you now? So my message to people that, you know, that want to go on TV, you know, always look into the company, um, always get as much information. And if you feel passionate about that subject, apply for that TV job. You know, if that's what you want to do, do it. You know, knock yourself out. You only live once. And I'm used to being trolled online because I've done a lot of TV shows before, you know, and for me, it just goes over my head. But for people that have never done TV shows to get that amount of trial it can be quite worrying and they can be quite scared and suicidal um so i i think that's why a lot of these tv programs um you know you have to see a psychiatrist um you know after the show and before you go on you know for the extra support and help that you could get um you know after you've been on the show but um they've been very they have been quite supportive after the show um not the BBC, obviously, STV, the, the um, production company. They've said, obviously, about, you know, social social media guidelines. But one thing going forward that I've sort of learned is, you know, I've, I have been quite upset after the show because I felt like I haven't been able to get my, vo my voice and my point and my point of view across to the public about why I went on the show and I'm not a crisis actor. Um, so I felt like I've had to ex explain myself um, after the show. They want us to see like a psychiatrist, which every other TV show that I've been on as well, that, you know, that that's the general um, criteria. Luca, it's been an absolute, well, it's been riveting to speak to you. And thank you so much for joining me at UK Column to tell us of your experiences. And just to reassure everyone, we will be keeping in contact with Luca because it's not the last that we've heard from him. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye.